Hey yo, bom dia and good morning. You're listening to Everyday Encounters with Timothy Leron. Yo, can you believe it is week two? <laughs> that last week flew by so fast. Like, I want to thank y'all for not only listening last week and fucking with the kid, but also pulling back up on your boy for round two. Yes, round two. And this week, <laughs> this week, um, actually marked something very special for me. So I've been in recovery. Um, recovery is a long process, but I've been taking recovery seriously and surrendering to it for a month. And that that day was on the 20th today. So yeah, shout out to me. Shout out to everybody who helped me get here. It is a crazy journey. But it is worth the journey. Okay. Um, so with that being said, the title of this week's episode is Love, Tragedy, and Addiction. Yo, speaking of addiction, one of my favorite pastimes, Netflix, my favorite addiction, is about to have ads. Can you believe that? On Wednesday, July 13th, they just announced that they're partnering with Microsoft to bring a cheaper version to consumers. So that's for all you pan swindling, <laughs> account sharing folks. Honestly, me included. I guess that means I'm going to have to get my own pretty soon. You know what I'm saying? Because Netflix is reclaiming daytime. And that includes money. Back to the title, Love, Tragedy, and Addiction. A lot of people know what love and tragedy is, but the word addiction, I think we sometimes might get that a little confused. Um, so let's let's run over to Wikipedia real quick. Directly from the book itself, it says addiction is a neuropsychological disorder characterized by a persistent and intense urge to use a drug despite substantial harm and other negative consequences. Repetitive drug use often alters brain function in ways that perpetuate craving and weaken self-control. Now, I don't like to just trust one source, so we're going to run right next door and hit up Oxford Languages. Now, they say that addiction is the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. Hence why I was talking about Netflix a little while ago. Now, this week, I really wanted to talk to some people that have been growing on me day by day. People that are here at the forefront of this fight. And when I say fight, I mean this fight called recovery. Now, (laughs) we was doing a little bit of cutting and pasting and copy and delete type of arts and crafts type thing. You know what I'm saying? So you might hear some things in the background. But um, we spoke earlier this week and I really want you to listen to their story and what they have to say. So, Mahogany. Yes. I felt like you was about to say something a little while ago. Um, I, I'm definitely digging the the title. I need you to repeat that one more time. 
Love, tragedy, and addiction. Love, tragedy, and addiction. For me, it, it, it's, it's almost like a love story because I say that for the following reasons. We fall out of love with ourselves first while using. That's true. And like to regain that as we begin to come to the realization that we need to be clean is is they say it is a simple process for complicated people. But what if I don't know how to be simple? only thing I'm accustomed to is my core belief, which is being complicated, which is complaining all the time and, you know, having this frame of mind of grandiosity where I think I know everything all the time. So, wait, so you said grandiosity. That's an interesting way to describe your state of mind. Um, tell me what that looks like. What does that look like for you? You know, um, I have all the answers. I know how to love me. I know how to get me together. But that pushes so many other people away from having the opportunity to love me properly, even though I don't know what proper love looks like. Because especially in the world that we live in today, the word I love you is thrown around so much. So so much. Oh, I love you. For real. (laughs) And a lot of people just say that just to get their way. It's so much. I think it's a manipulation tactic. You know, just to, oh, you just... You say that you love me, so what is it that you want? And it puts me in a paranoid state of mind. Okay, you love me, so what is it that you want? Right, and that comes from a lot of, like, tragedy or trauma that you've been through before. Um, and people misusing or yeah. taking advantage of the love that you have. I get that. And then also, as I was coming, I was so blinded because I wanted... Not just acceptance, but I wanted love from everybody. I wanted to love on everybody. And then I had to realize that everybody is not lovable. Some people, I'm not, I'm not going to hate you, but I definitely don't really like you too much. And that's okay, because I don't have to. It's a choice. Love and dislike is a choice. Hate is a taught behavior. You know, um, I wasn't taught that. I was taught to care for people, be loving and kind. And then as a kid coming up, I became very confused because my father was like, you're a people, you're a people pleaser. I'm like, but I'm just doing, I'm just being friendly. I'm just giving, but you're giving too much. And I never knew what that meant until I got older where I had arrived at this place, you know, in my life where coming to an establishment that we're all a part of you know, taught me to put boundaries in place. I didn't know what a damn boundary was. I knew what risk taking was. I knew what it was like to give all of myself to anybody that showed me attention. But love became tragic, tragic and also toxic because I was loving people from the outside of their appearance and not looking at the heart and what their spirit had going on. Now, you how do you even up? <laughs> how do you feel like that fed into your addiction? Good question. I feel as though it fed into my addiction because 
I was very manipulative. Oh, you love me, so you'll give me what I asked you for. So if I ask you for some substance and you have it, if you love me, you'll give it to me. And then things became very tragic because the behavior that will follow what I would do to get more of that substance. I don't even want the person anymore. I just want your dough. And they're like, what about me? Well, you love the substance more than you love me. Yeah, I told you this. Like Jasmine Sullivan said, I started being like, I don't know where I woke up. Like, mm-hmm. for real, I was on my Jasmine yeah, Sullivan. For real, get it together. <laughs> get it together, bitch, for real. Um, now, do you, what was the most difficult part for you of all of it? The most difficult part for me was admitting to myself that I had a major problem with substances. And I had a major problem accepting self for who self was at that time, which was adult thing. And seeing, using the word dope thing seems so negative, but that's what I was. For me, the definition of a dope thing is a person who will do anything and everything they can for that one more. If I had to be with you for 20 minutes and do whatever you told me to do, I would do that. I became all things for other people and nothing for myself. And that's exactly what it looked like for me. Getting lost in in, in other people and not being in contact with myself, nor God. God was like, no, the only time I went to God is, Lord, the fox will pray. If you get me out of this, I promise you, I'll never do it again. And he get me out of it, and guess what I did? I'll go right back and do it again, because I could do it better this time. So I thought. What part of that do you think was catering to, like, an inner child? Because, like, in group and everything like that, yeah. we keep talking about inner child and stuff like that. <clears throat> so how was your inner child being, like, fed? Or how were they showing out? Or what was this child doing? The inner child back then during the periods of usage was crying out for attention. I wanted to be loved. Not just by anybody, but I yearned that father figure. Not discounting my father as as a good man, because like I I said previously in one of our um, earlier groups, my father was a great provider. And he said he loved me, and he showed me he loved me. But I wanted something outside of the home, more of a role model. So that's what I saw in the street, and... I found it. It wasn't it wasn't all peaches and cream, cake and ice cream. It, it wasn't that. It wasn't rosy. It was more of a thorn-like type of screwed up dysfunctional situation shit. It was convenient. Something just to feed whatever I was going through at that time, just for the moment. And then when it would leave, I'm like, now I feel rejected, but I put myself in that predicament. Now, speaking from a clear mind and a clear conscience, and um, a convicted spirit, I'm able to hear the voice of my higher power telling me not to go back. And like I have spoke many times before, only way that I'm going back is when it's time 
to help someone from the trenches, but I have to be equipped and prepared for that. To go back and revisit their their tragedies, their toxicities, and like my inner child just wanted to be loved and held and cared to. Now as an adult, I have to tell the inner child, you know, though you were exposed to things, you can grow up now and start making excuses. See, and um, my my inner child, like I was just saying a couple of minutes ago, I didn't use inner child, but I was very selfish in my addiction. It was, Before it was drugs, it was liquor. Before it was liquor, it was going out. I've always been addicted to something. And sometimes it wasn't just something, it might have been someone. Wow. And... The dangerous thing about that is even though I thought I was being this person like you had said before about like people pleasing or pleasing just to get what I needed for the addiction, it was all purely selfish. It was all purely selfish. I did not care about anybody else but getting what I needed. And so I definitely identify with you. I'm sure that that really resonated with more than just me. But we got we got somebody else in the room, so we're gonna um, look to Israel now. Uh, Israel, you wanna share something with us? Love became trapped. One reason was because absolutely love only one way. Two people being in love in a uh, companionship way, which is still true, and. Uh, what I recognize about myself over time is the inner child was neglected. Love in that way that I needed. Touching, feeling, being told I love you in ways that were not sexual but intimate. But intimate in a wholesome way. This is a good topic for me. So now, I recognize from the topic alone that most of my desire was just I just wanted to be loved. And it means necessary. I am no drug addict. But I took that route because it made it. That illusion of what love was available to other people touching me. Feeling good. So first my conception of love was distorted. What's more interesting is I, I had a thought this morning when I took a walk. And I said, a hustler can be in love with you for 15 minutes. As long as he's getting what he wants. <laughs> That's true. A hustler can make you feel like he in love. And you in love. As long as and they're masters. If you got enough money to buy that love for an hour, you could be in love for an hour. Because my illusion of love was wrong. It was through feelings and uh, orgasms and euphoria and ecstasy. So I had to revert. Just realize I had to revert my concept of love. So love became tragic. Love became 
death I die. So now love had to evolve and regroup itself in me. And for me, how I found it was to first love myself. Love me first. If love in me, I take that opportunity, then anybody else I engage with can benefit now. Whether it's sister, brother, cousin, whomever, people in general. Because I know how to love me. If I get a relationship, they probably it because I really know how to love them. I know how to love them. I recently had a into a relationship and I thought it was all done over. But I'm thinking about this person more and more. But I haven't seen it. For living with someone for two years, being engaged with them over three years, you can't just drop that. Yeah. Now I'm realizing I ain't that strong, I can't just drop that. But I promise, it's not a negative thing. I'm used to seeing them every day. I'm used to them being every day. I'm used to them seeing me every day for all of that time. That's a process. So how does that not become tragic? <clears throat> I don't surrender myself to that. I embrace the experience. I embrace the change. It's not a loss. I still love them regardless how they feel about me. But I embrace what it brought to me. Taught me how to love myself. So how is that? I weather this storm like a king. I wear this crown. I am triumphant. Do you feel like the tragedy, um, the part that you described as could have been a tragedy? Because it sounds like you, you've overcame the fact that it could have been, that you chose to see it a different way. Okay. Do you think that, um, how do you, what helped you the most to feel like that? Because that can't be easy. I, I mean, I've been in a situation, or not even a situation, because that's downplaying what it was. I've been in a relationship with someone for a long time and what do you do to come off on the other side feeling like that as a fo- as opposed to a waste of time? I have a choice with those emotions I'm feeling. Either allow them to work for me or not work for me. I choose to let them work So before I would have only found solace in the rhetoric of getting high in bushes. That's how we do it in Florida. We got high in bushes. Okay. We don't do abandons. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we get high in on the beach front. I get high in public. Or you find a solid place. Okay. A place of solitude, but it was more adventurous. Oh, the weather was conducive. You got a shade tree and a blanket and you go in that area and get hot. So it's not glamorous. It appeared But I don't have to do that anymore. I'm not running to the pack. I'm running to life. So there you have it. That was it. <laughs> a little arts and craft, little conversation. 
We're all about love, tragedy, and addiction. Yo, I want to thank my guests so much for everything they had to say that day. Um, and tune in next week with your boy, Timothy LeBron. Yo, and check this. The topic going to be the walk of shame. Dun, dun, dun. Nah, but we're going to be talking about everything to do with that and a little bit of testing. But I'm at. Don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you. Ashe, ashe. If you like today's selection of background the company music, you can find what I found on Soundstripe. Check out artists XJ Will and Ghost Beats. All right, now for real, I'm out. <laughs>